Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network. And our show tonight, of course, is uh, I labeled as a whistleblower show because that's exactly what this is. Uh, we have a guest tonight that's going to basically blow your socks off for you. Um, but what I want to talk to you about before we get rolling here is that there is so much going on between the movie I Care A Lot which just blew up this whole issue. And then the Britney Spears debacle um, just has really brought this to the surface. And, of course, the usual players are in there, the attorneys, the guardians, everybody is siphoning money off of this woman. The amount of money is massive. Supposedly, she's not able to manage her own affairs, even her personal life and decisions, but she can work 365 days a year. And I I just find this ludicrous, just absolutely. And I see people are resigning. Even the infamous Sam Ingham has re, is trying to resign from her case. He was charging her 125 grand a year, and then she was having to pay another uh, law outfit another 150 some a year um, to help him litigate. I don't know what he thought he was doing. And if he had to hire another firm to help him litigate, he wasn't the right person to begin with. Just my thoughts. But we, we're we going to be covering a lot tonight. Uh, our guest who will be with us shortly uh, is Christine Morrison. Now, she's written a book called Judicial Criminals that if you don't have it, I put a link to it in the promo. Get that book. It will blow your socks off. Uh, what was done to this woman under these courts. And uh, we got something running there in the background. And Kazi, I think it's you. Let me see if I can get this quieted. Yep, it was you, Kaz. Uh, whatever you're doing back there. Uh, and then towards the end of the show, we'll have, of course, Kaz's hog report. We've got to have the hog report. And um, for those of you who are constant listeners, <laughs> you know what that means and uh, so we'll be doing that like I say towards the end of the show right now um, our guest Christine Morrison is going to join us uh, Christine welcome to the show thank you for the privilege Marty much appreciated oh you bet you bet um, Christine for those who might not know can you give us a little bit of background on what happened here and what brought you to where you are? Yes. Um, it was in family law court 
from 1995 through 2009. And what happened to me, I wrote a book to where I reported judges above the law in order to hold them accountable and liable to compensate the victims of their abuse of power because all are equal before the law, right? Well, let me tell you, Michigan Family Court, it starts off with them in 1997 entering a non-consented settlement agreement. They reduce it then to a judgment. I had an original judgment and two amendments all non-consented to with no signature and a attorney malpractice trial where the defense counsel stipulated on record that the clients did not consent. That should be simple enough. Well, I was therefore illegally subjected to parental alienation, unjust inappropriate child support enforcement, enforcement, bench warrants, no bond, the loss of my home and all contents, ex-party, and retirement accounts by an attorney malpractice trial. I was subjected to professional licenses, suspension, and all my life savings for a parental right that I had prior to entering the court. These family courts are criminal enterprises fraught with arbitrary and illegal actions that harm the children, harm the family, families, the non-custodial parent, but they benefit themselves only. This is massive, pervasive fraud inflicted upon the public, and guardianship fraud mirrors the family court fraud. It's not abuse, it's fraud. It's civil rights violations, it's obstruction of justice, and fraud. And those are federally indictable crimes, even for judges. Now, I have... I um, going to the attorney malpractice trial, two issues, the settlement agreement, I never consented, and the attorney not getting accurate financial disclosure. That trial cost around $250,000. I was awarded 230000 The attorney, my attorney, appealed it. The appeals court reversed it in his favor, and Christopher Aiello, the attorney, then illegally liquidated 80000 from my individual retirement account, which was in violation of statutes and U.S. Supreme Court case law. So that's what they do to you. The victim has yeah. to pay for the civil rights violations, the fraud. The victim, it's unbelievable. Yes. Well, that's it's, the same way, Christine, in, in, in probate with yes. the elderly, everybody who attacks that person gets to tap the estate. There's no cap. There's no limit. Why they should be able to do this, you know, they're, it's like adding insult to massive injury. You're already yes. targeted them. You're going to exploit them. You're going to take it. And they're making that person pay them to attack them. Yes, exactly. I, you, people don't yes. understand this. But you are put in a lion's den at feeding time from the inception. You're all, yes. you're sur- you're all by yourself. And it's not a matter of an experienced attorney because all appeals and complaints are systematically dismissed. There is no yes. effective remedy in the United States 
court system. I believe the entire system is a fraud, state and federal. Yes. And I have other people on my site um, for the federal judiciary, Richard Codera, that is a research attorney. Yes. So his work states and says what it says concerning the federal judiciary. But the no consent settlement agreement should be pretty simple. A statute of limitation mm -hmm. does not make an agreement that was void at its, at its inception valid by the mere passage of time. Why do right. I have to ask the state of Michigan to void that? Here's my thoughts on that. There was a case that was unanimously overturned in 2019 or 20. It was the Foster versus Foster. In that case, it was where the federal, where veterans, honorable veterans, their disability pay is federally protected. So therefore, the mm -hmm. state court had no right to do for the past over two decades what they were doing. So the state of Michigan overturned that case. Long story short, this case, this, the National Center for State Courts, I believe, should be, or someone should, be issuing a order to all the state courts to pay back the veterans that they defrauded. You don't hear about that on the news. So in that no. oral, no, in that or uh, imagine the fraud perpetrated upon honorable veterans. Um, so in that oral argument, I listened to it, and the chief justice made the statement that normally we don't permit collateral attack on a judgment. So I'm assuming that even means a no consent judgment. So if you appeal it, if you have an attorney malpractice trial, there's no escape. They do whatever they want. And then there's a case from 1998 in Michigan that says that no matter how wrong a court order is, you must obey it or risk being held in contempt of court. That should be unconstitutional. That, 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 is, that is just bogus on its face. That is absolutely the most ridiculous God. thing. If you know Isn't something it? to be unconstitutional, unlawful, you are not bound to obey it uh, and no say consent. you must or get in trouble. Yeah. Or a no, exactly, or a no consent settlement agreement. I believe that this is a human rights um crisis, a, law, a constitutional and a human rights crisis that needs to be addressed now. Enough is enough. They've been getting away with this fraud for eons. So yes. I have recently reached out to the attorney general in Michigan, where you just basically usually just get the generic stamped letter with no signature or anything. But the Financial Crimes Division, who I reached out to, uh, responded to me in June. So they told me basically many of the concerns. These aren't concerns. This is fraud, obstruction of justice, and civil rights violation. They say many of the concerns you express are the result of state legislation. Okay, so in February and March, I, meet, I emailed approximately 30 state senators and representatives in Michigan. My 
email is on my webpage, which is judicialcriminal.com. And I'm basically asking for an investigation and foremost for them to vacate ab initio those judgments, the no consent judgments first. And then I'm right. asking for the positive law of the land, which we are supposed to be entitled to. Yes. To be done yes. in my case for all the egregious failure of statutory rights violations against me and my constitutional rights, my procedural due process rights, etc. They, you go into these courts and you are fighting organized crime. You don't realize it because, you know, you think uh, you have some rights, but in reality, you are stripped of any and all rights. You are fighting for your life, literally, liberties and property. I'm very fortunate, I guess, that I'm still alive because with the no um, bond bench warrant, my faith could have been Walter Scott's who had a bench warrant for child support in South Carolina, had a taillight or something where the cop pulled him over, and he ran because he didn't want to go back to jail, and he was shot. That's what is happening in these courts. The behavior and – yeah? Well, what I was going to say, and I don't mean to interrupt here, but something that came to me here recently, for years I have – you know, dealt with this thing of they have separated family and probate out of the civil and criminal courts. And I could never figure out why they did that other than to implement this system that's in place. But I knew there had to be another reason, and I think I finally discovered what it was. To get into civil court, there has to be damage, property damage. Somebody has to be injured. Something has to be destroyed, you know, that kind of thing to get into civil court. To get into criminal court, you have to have broken a law, um, you know, committed some kind of crime, and you're brought into criminal court. In these cases, a family court and most particularly probate, nobody had committed a crime. They were taking these people into civil courts. There was no damaged property. There was no injured party. There was none of that, and arbitrarily subjecting them to this uh, – this process that stripped them of their name, of their property, of everything. They had to get it out of that civil court and into these special tribunals, just like family court, okay, because there has been no crime committed of any kind that would put you in civil or criminal court. So they set them up in these separate court systems, these tribunals. Family court is also a tribunal system. Uh, Many times they will still sit in a courthouse and you have to call them judge. But they are not. Uh, They aren't governed by the rules of of evidence and the Code of Civil Procedure. They aren't governed by any of that. And I think you said uh, they can say anything they want. They can levy any charge they want to, and they never have to produce evidence, and they are never asked for any. They said it, and that's the way it is. And you spoke about, you know, places you're trying to go for, you know, to get some sort of action here. Um, what what really gets me is, and I've heard this almost word for word from the secretary or the attorney general of the state of Minnesota and the attorney general's office in D.C., you're operating under 
a delusion, Miss Oakley. We are not here to protect you. We are here to protect the state from you. If uh-huh. you need to file a complaint before you can even get into a court, if you're trying to charge an attorney, you must first file a complaint with the Bar Association, or if it's against a judge, with the Judicial Oversight Board. And you have to do that first. If you don't do that, you can't go anywhere. They routinely dismiss 99%, if not more, of all of the complaints brought before them. But you still have to and do it appeals. in order. Yes. And yes. the or those have to be in place before you can actually get into a court of law. And a lot of people just stop there. Well, they dismissed it, so I don't have to. No, that was just the first step. Something they put up there you have to do. And so do it and then move on. Uh, But that is a preliminary that has to be done. And you have to file that complaint first, like I say, with the Bar Association or the Judicial Oversight. They're going to dismiss it because how are they going to point the finger at that guy when they're just as equally bad? And... um, uh, and then it has to be appealed, and then you can go into court. You can go into either civil or criminal court, whichever applies. Um, but you have to do those things first. Don't just stop at filing the complaint. That's not enough. That's just the first step. But anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead, Christine. No, no. you're absolutely right. The problem is no matter what complaint you file with who or an appeal and it's all dismissed. It goes nowhere. Yes. Just just like my no consent settlement agreement where all the orders in this case should be null and void. It goes nowhere. The attorney general, the financial crime division is directing me to the prosecuting attorney. I've reached to Senator Peters with a letter asking for Um, a Zoom meeting to create legislation, and I said I want the no-consent judgments void ab initio. I said I want a response request to the March and February email to the senators and representatives. I want a referral to the Macomb County prosecuting attorney and a referral to testify before the House Judiciary Committee. If the attorney general is telling me Um, My concerns are to be addressed with the state's uh, senators and legislatures who are to create laws, and none of them respond to me. The next step is I want to testify to the United States Congress on behalf of everybody in state and federal courts that have been defrauded to this extent. If Matt Gates, wow. who I gave my book to in March of this year, specifically Carrie in uh, Florida, doesn't respond to me, and he responds to Britney Spears, and again, uh, I think it was July 1st on Fox, he made a statement that he wants Britney Spears to testify before Congress because America's legal system has, he used the words, mistreated her. I'm telling you, America's legal system defrauded me, civil rights violations, obstruction of justice. It's not mistreated. This is criminal intent, what they did to me for all those years. And they put a bounty over your head. See, in family law court, I have come to find out 
uh, and on my pet webpage under fact number two is the government um, site where it shows you from 1976 through 2018, they have collected in child support $616 billion. Now, the state oh courts God. then the state courts then are reimbursed federal incentive payments under Title IV-D yes. between $1 to yep. $11. So take five, multiply it by $616 billion, $3 trillion. You know what they do with that money? They then turn around and they spend it on their social entitlement programs, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I've read the Melanie Cummings testimony, which she gave oral testimony and written about 15 years ago, and it's very clear how they are defrauding the American taxpayer. Um, she talks about the defrauding of the American taxpayer, welfare reform, and the role of the family court. So, therefore, the state courts systematically and arbitrarily take a child away, delegate you as a non-custodial parent, and and you and people don't realize this, but you have a bounty over your head with a price tag. You have hidden shackles, yes. and they are not going to release you until the child ages out of the system. And in the government report, there is no statistics I could find on parenting time violations for right. no statistics for the best interest of the child. In Scandinavia, mm -hmm. they have no divorce courts, no divorce attorneys. I had a no property settlement in this annulment, okay? There was only child support and child custody. When they entered that first original judgment, there was a motion up that day, August 19th, for sole custody to me, where it was clear that joint physical custody was not going to work with the other party who violated the court's directives, including a kidnapping from day one. It was not going to work. So therefore, I became the non-custodial parent and submitted and subjected to criminal acts by Macomb County Circuit Court and Oakland County Circuit Court, the attorney malpractice trial. In Macomb County Circuit Court, I was ordered by the chief judge, judge number two, Masseroni, um, to pay 275 a week. My ex-husband never submitted his proper income. In the attorney malpractice trial, it shows in a four-year period where he and his attorney were claiming between 500 a week, maybe 700 and something. His corporate return showed over $2 million in a four-year period. That's wow. in the trial. That's in, in the court. Yet nobody, the attorneys who have an ethical duty to do something, no one says anything, no one does anything. So I was court-ordered to pay. So three months after that, I become disabled. For three years, I'm told on court transcript, you either pay this money or you're going to jail. In the interim, I had a no-bond felony bench warrant issued for my arrest in July. In September, they ex-party seized my home and all contents. 
they issued a show cause order on my stepmother, a non-party to the proceedings. Non-party. This judge, Chief Judge Masseroni, had been reversed before for doing the same thing in Michigan, Lamont versus Lamont. Yet in my case, that sits and, and just stays. The lien order that he put on my property wasn't even allowed under the statute because there was no judgment of divorce. There was an annulment. The statutory violations, the constitutional violations, it it says it all. You have absolutely no right. They do whatever they want to you. It took three years for me to get an abatement that I was allowed by law, and they came after me unrelentlessly. You... Nobody, unless they've been through this, understands to the extent what I'm saying. You know, they they have a syndrome called legal um, system abuse, Abuse. which is a subset of um, legal abuse syndrome, which is a subset of post-traumatic stress disorder. These are silent crimes against humanity committed by these tribunals. It's financial yeah. crime, and yeah. The, one of the things I have pointed out over the years is that people traumatized by this tribunal system, they go into there thinking they're in a court of law, and they are not. No, Their law doesn't no. apply in there. And the uh, trauma from walking in there thinking they knew what their position was, what their rights were, what should happen, and they come out absolutely psychologically savaged yes. when they are faced and with this open criminality, the corruption, the obvious collusion between the attorneys and the judge, uh, yes. the hearing examiner, hearing examiners or ministerial clerks. And I have seen families absolutely fall apart behind this, the shock that yes. they thought they Suicide. were going to be in a, you know. Yes. 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 Because people don't understand what they do to you. You know, we're up against fake news, fake law, war crimes, crimes against humanity, genocide and impunity. It's unbelievable. And going back to Senator Peters, the Floyd George opened the door for the the talk now on qualified immunity. We need to abolish all immunity for everybody in society. For Senator Peters to write, you know, he's going to look at common sense uh, uh, creating, you know, something for qualified immunity. They need to abolish it completely. Yes. Nobody Mm -hmm. should have immunity to defraud you. Defraud you. That's what this is and has been. It's a theft. It's massive, pervasive fraud. That's what this is. And I've also reached out to the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, the government, and I'm going to be reaching out next week, and I'll just put this podcast, I'll attach it and say that I, again, want to testify before the United States Congress on this case. And what is happening nationwide to people, victims in these tribunals. You know, the thing is, um, when you when you talk about all of this, 
people who haven't been exposed to it think, oh, well, you, you must be hallucinating. You must, you know, you're imagining things. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, that's fake uh-huh. news. And they come up with all this crap. And um, when they do this, it, I, I really get upset. I truly do. Um, mm-hmm. Because until you've been there, until you've been there, you don't understand what these people have endured. Uh, like I say, you go into these courts and you think you know what your rights are. You think you know that the law is on your side. You think that attorney standing there that was appointed for you because they fired your personal attorney is going to defend you, do the best he can for you. What you find out in short order is, and you can see many times we've noticed this, you can see them nodding to one another, just basically giving each other a look, and then some terrible thing happens, and everybody goes, oh, isn't that sad? And, But like yeah. I say, people yeah. come away from this, and they are absolutely traumatized by it. And, you know, it's just... The idea that our judicial system, and you know, I have to wonder if it wasn't always this corrupt. One of the things, um, you know, I've pointed out to people and they say, oh, the corruption, it's gotten so bad. Or say, for instance, and I hate to even bring this up, but pedophilia, it's gotten so bad. No, it hasn't. It's always it's been always like been this. There. It's just, that's right. It's always been there. But we had no way of knowing that there was, like in Boston, all these pedophile priests because we didn't hear about it till maybe 10 years later through some odd thing. And, you know, you only knew what was in your local community. Even the national True. news, uh, you, you got a, you know, the same thing on every station. There were three stations I remember growing up. And you basically got the same news, the same reporting. And if a politician or even a judge or attorney had done something nefarious, you didn't know about it for 20 or 30 years. And then it would come True. out and it's like, well, way back when this happened, this happened. But now, now, it's right now. It's instantaneous. The Internet changed yeah. mm-hmm. everything. And when they brought the Internet out, they thought that people would – this is why you see so much sports stuff and you see all these games on there and all these diversions. They thought that's what people would be doing. It's going to these games. And then they published online all of these files from the government. And when they were asked if they were concerned about doing that, no, no, nobody's going to look at them anyway. Turns out it's the highest traffic stream on the net is in and out of legislation and government sites and all of this. They thought nobody would look. Well, we can't close it down now, so what do we do? Well, we'll just start purging stuff, which they have done. And But what I'm saying is, Everything we thought was a lie, and I think it always was a lie. We just did not have the means of ferreting it out, just like with you, Christine, for you to be able to come out and talk about this, you know, on the air. We go in at least eight different countries uh, besides the U.S. For you to be able to talk about this, ordinarily, we'd have never known about it. We'd have never known. Fake news. And maybe people either need. Yes, yes, and um, so it's just, like I say, it's always been with us. I I believe it's always been this way. We just didn't know. We had no way to communicate, like uh, us here in in Georgia, we had no way to communicate on a a real-time basis with people in California and find out the same things happening to them out there. 
you know, I mean, with all of these things, and now we can stay in contact with everyone. And, and I firmly believe this was never supposed to happen. It was never, they never thought people were interested enough or would do the research, even if they put it out there, who's going to look at it? Uh, nobody, because we got a sports game going over here. And all of this has come out. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? They thought Absolutely. we were going to use the Internet. Yeah, like a big Absolutely. game system. And there are people who do. There are people who do. They, it's just simply for gaming. We ain't it. Well, <laughs> you know, well we're not. Go ahead. Thank goodness for social media and networking because from what I understand, there are 50 million state lawsuits filed per year and 1.4 million federal. And really, wow. My mother, you know, my mother escaped the dictatorship and the censorship. She thought she did. I'm in it. Both. And I believe this is America's what I have put out there, and I want to educate people. It's just a shining example of the human rights violations, the crimes against humanity, financial mm-hmm. crimes, and I'm calling it domestic terrorism inflicted upon its citizens. Yes. If, if Amen. Nancy, if Nancy Pelosi can come out and say how um, the insurrection created such terror and trauma that one day, imagine 15 continuous years of this terror and being hunted yes. down only for money. Not to say, yep. oh, you should have your parenting right because they, they take it away from you. You are defending literally your life property and liberties you're defending it in these criminal tribunals and other and any attorney the public needs to understand that comes out and speaks up you know they're first suspended then uh disbarred they blacklist Mm -hmm. them and if they don't shut up like richard fine they jail them so that's what they have done And here is what Cole Stewart says about family court. He says it's a corporate crime ring, again, rating parents and children of financial and psychological well-being and devouring our children's futures. And it's not just divorced lawyers, it's judges, judicial administrators, psychologists, cops, and prosecutors we should be able to trust in a modern-day Criminal cabal using county courtrooms and sheriff deputies as the machinery of organized crime. And he says that these judges conspire with the attorneys to steal from parents as part of a racketeering criminal enterprise. So it is what it is, and I've suffered through it, and I want those judgments voided by the state of Michigan They need to void those judgments. There was no consent. And for the state of Michigan to come out with a no consent bill says it all. They want to make it crystal clear that no consent with sexual assault means no consent. Then we need a bill national that no consent means no consent. It doesn't mean could be, maybe, and then we viciously prosecute you for years just because we can and no one will stop us because our state representatives and senators could care less. I've given my book to many of them. 
And in fact, in 19, I gave my book to uh, Congressman Andy Levin's office. And again, in the book, I put, I want to testify to the U.S. Congress. You cannot get a response from our representatives in this country. It's unbelievable. The only one who responded was Rep Stone, who said that the judiciary needs reform. She had the courage to say that. I gave it to Senator, um, um, I think her name is uh, McMallory, and I attempted to give my book to, I think her name is Senator Rosemary Baker, who said, no, I'm not going to take it because my background isn't that. I'm giving you massive pervasive fraud by the state of Michigan. If the state of Michigan can prosecute for the Larry Nazar case, uh, Michigan State University and everybody who knew decades ago, they certainly need to open the door here and do the right thing because what is right is right and what is wrong is wrong. And what they're doing to average citizens in this country is criminal. It's unbelievable. Somebody needs to step to the plate. Yeah. Michigan is such a cesspool anyway. Yes, Um, it is. Honestly, all the states, uh, they've all got issues. Florida, of course, does. And uh, and I've got somebody who's got a message here that says, you know, talking about Florida cleaning up. How DeSantis just said there will be no mandatory vaccine passports, but you ought to read through the rest of that bill because he did authorize the internment of people who refused to be vaccinated. You might want to go on through that bill and read what that man actually did sign. You're not going to have to worry about a vaccine passport because you're going to be sitting in a Bob wire camp somewhere. Anyway. Wow. Um, yeah, Michigan. Um uh, well, Gretchen Hammond wrote that report here two years ago called mm-hmm. The Fortress about the family court system there, and it was just – it was scathing in its scope. It, it just truly was. Nothing happened. She did amazing. And they have met with the judiciary. They have they have done all sorts of things up there trying to get someone to be – you've got that Dana Nessel. Um, she's worthless as tits on a bore. Uh, as far as helping anybody, she's only there to make sure she's there again next year. And, But, I mean, you've got this whole cadre of people up there who seem to me intent on keeping the system going. And no matter how much gets reported, exposed, laid out in front of them, they don't do anything. They don't exactly. do anything. Exactly. And, um, All of them. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And you might remind these senators and representatives, because I know they love to pull rank and say, I'm a sitting senator, and tell them that makes them your employee. You pay their wages. Mm-hmm. So you'll expect them to be a little more subservient in their attitude from now on, uh, as you would expect from any employee. And uh, right. to put them in their place. These are not, and- these are not your betters. Go ahead. And, you know, people, um, I think there should be term limits, age restrictions, and they should be paid based upon their performance, not their ventriloquist uh, farce behavior or lip service going nowhere for decades upon decades. This legal system has been corrupt from the inception. It's just coming to light, I think, through the social media where people are networking. They're angry, very angry. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey, Christine, how about this? 
we we pay these senators and re- representatives based on the averaging of wages across their state. Yeah. So if your state, if the average wage is only say nine dollars an hour, that's all you make based on exactly. a forty-hour week. And exactly. let's see if things don't change then. But I want to know uh-huh. how these people come into office with virtually nothing and end up millionaires two years later. I want to yeah. know. Uh-huh. How did that uh-huh. happen? And the other thing, yep. most people who are in their 80s are retired and they're not working these full-time jobs. So these jobs must be pretty easy and cushy that 80-year-olds can, you know, be these full-time senators and presidents and, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she's 80. It can't be hard mm-hmm. if you're 80 years old and you're doing these jobs. It's got to be cushy and easy because you don't see a lot of 80-year-olds working out in other jobs. But you, no, you they don't. seem to be able to do these full-time congressman political jobs. It's got to be easy. It can't be hard. Because why like are they Walmart still doing it? Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to create a new constitution to the year 2021 where the issues are, you know, different from 1789. I think 34 states are in agreement with that. And the first amendment should be no impunity to anybody in society and an accountability act. And I think they need to create maybe within the Department of Justice a victims of legal system fraud unit or a court in every country as such for the victims of legal system fraud. And the Department of Justice I gave my um, book to in June of last year hasn't responded to me. Now, I've submitted two other prior complaints and They responded to one saying that um, there was no criminal prosecutable violations. My complaint didn't involve federal criminal civil rights statutes. Well, all they need to do is take a look at uh, the fact number two on my webpage and see how the state of Michigan does not comply with federal civil rights uh, law for child support collection that they violate the statutes. And I have a case down there from 2019 where it was reversed in California because they didn't comply with the statute. But in the state of Michigan, for decades, they just violate all statutes, any and all of your rights. And there's no recourse for the victim, none. And the rope, that hidden shackle is not taken off of you until the child ages out of the system. The bounty is on your head. In fact, when I was up there, I had for the attorney malpractice trial, a bench warrant was issued because I failed to show up for a creditor's exam. So a bench warrant was issued. I had a black SUV with blackened windows chase me on Michigan roads. Then in, with the passenger, then in 2009, for the last appeal where they took close to $45,000 from me illegally in violation of the federal law, I had a, I'm going to call him a thug, a bounty hunter, 
come to my place, ask for me, was told I wasn't there, went to the neighbors and pulled a gun on the neighbor for my whereabouts. That's what the state does for you. That's the jeopardy the state puts you in for money, only money, nothing else. Not your parental rights because you were a parent prior to entering this court. All as I wanted was to get rid of a piece of paper. That's it. There was no property settlement. Yep. It was pretty simple. But again, they follow no laws, no statutes. The, I, the United States government has failed to protect my unalienable rights in the state of Michigan, has failed to protect any of my rights, and they should be held accountable both. Yet yes. you can find well, you know- no... Wait, wait, Marty, you can find no whistleblower law firm, lawyer, law clinic, nobody. I wrote also an email, which is on my webpage, to the Biden commissioners, which are composed of the Ivy League law school deans, 36 of them, asking for citizen hearings to give testimony. Now, they're supposed to, the Biden administration, um, wants reform on the U.S. Supreme Court. Reform is not putting another six Democratic judges on the U.S. Supreme Court. Reform is accountability to the people that have been defrauded by these judges, Mm -hmm. right? Because think about it. The judges, the attorneys, they violate existing laws, the Constitution. We do not need new laws. If there's a new law we need, it should be a new Constitution with the number one amendment, no impunity, none for anybody in society. They should all be held accountable. And right now, they follow no existing law, constitution, code, statute, whatever. They follow none. You are fighting an uphill battle with no disclosure once you enter these fraudulent tribunals. Well, you know, you talk about, you know, oversight is basically what is needed. We brought this up before, Christine. We do need oversight. And so the Bark Associations and the Judicial Councils came back and said, oh, we provide that. No, you don't. You're running a protection racket. Yeah. What we need is a citizen's commission that these well, simultaneously, when someone files a complaint, that complaint simultaneously goes to your board or whatever it is, your commission, and it also goes to this citizen's commission. Oh, and this one judge said to me, he said, you can't do that, Marty. Um, he said, you know, what do you know about the law? And I said, well, <laughs> apparently as much as you do listening to some of the rulings you've handed down. And <laughs> so that didn't fly too big. But um, they, they, they were fighting us setting up a citizen's commission, but they wanted to populate that commission. It must be headed by a member of the Bar Association. No, we don't want any members of the Bar Association. Um, it must have several licensed attorneys on it. Well, the only people that license attorneys is the Bar Association. The state doesn't issue a license. And the idea that people are subjected to this, um, you know, that they, they no have to go out. to this, yeah, this outfit to get permission to work in the trade they trained for if you passed uh you you know got your jd why should you have to go to this outfit 
and take some damn arbitrary test and get permission from them to practice. It shouldn't happen. It should not happen. And But they have monopolized our courts. Now, why somebody hasn't jumped on that, I don't know. But monopolies are, you know, we busted up AT&T over this. You cannot monopolize anything, but the bar associations have monopolized our courts. They're running their own protection racket through these uh, mm-hmm. bar board of overseers, uh, through the judicial oversight, and, you know, file a bar yeah. complaint and all this. They have monopolized the system, so you can't get out of it. There's no way no. out. There is no, no. redress. There is no None. no way that you're ever going to get justice from these people because they're all part of the same criminal cabal. They yes, are. They they're are. all yes. members. And That's as I reminded one attorney, to understand. Yes, and one attorney out there in D.C. who confronted me and said, uh, "You're dangerously close to practicing law without a license." Huh. I said, "So are you." All you got uh-huh. is a bar union dues card. You don't have any such license. So if it's mm-hmm. illegal for me, it must be illegal for you. And, of course, that flew like a lead pig. But this is what I'm saying. Don't don't let people bully you with this stuff that they use. Uh, well, I'm an attorney. I, well, that tells me a lot about you because the That's only good right. attorneys I've ever run into have all been sanctioned and disbarred. Yeah, uh, If right. you're still practicing yeah. – you're on the other side of things, uh, and they do. They do this constantly. If you get an attorney that will actually defend you and fight for you, they'll find a reason. They will smear their name publicly. They'll plant false articles about them. They will accuse mm-hmm. them of things that never happen. Whether it ever goes to court or not is neither here nor there. The damage is done. They ruin their practice. They destroy their name, all for not going along with the criminal cabal. And That's anybody right. that tries to stop the money train is yeah. disposed of. They're gotten rid of. And um, and they're held up as an example to everybody else. Either you stay in line or this is what's going to happen to you. And But this the idea that we have allowed this, this so-called branch of government, the judiciary, to become such a – God, it's like a huge parasite on the public – it's, it's just unbelievable. Me. Period. Yeah. They they pardon yes. each other. They protect each other, and it doesn't yep. matter. State, federal court. It's un. It's there has to be citizens yep. sitting on a oversight. When somebody like me says no, no, this it's wrong. It needs to be taken to ordinary citizens that can take a look at it because obviously. They have hidden this in their court system for a long, long time with a lot of other people's uh, valid cases where they have been defrauded to this extent. People are angry, lots of them. And thank goodness for social media. Yeah. Yeah. What what, um, Christine is talking about here is, is not only documented in her book, Judicial Criminals, but another book that was just sent to me, Marcia Southwick sent it to me, called The Poverty Industry. And it talks about exactly what Christine is saying about how the, we've been commodified. I've been saying this forever. They treat us like commodities. We are bought, sold, and traded. And this is especially apparent if you are a minor child 
and you get tore up in family court, or you are an elderly person that they want to exploit, steal the estate, and then send you to hospice and have you taken out. Um, but this this goes on, and they refer to us as units and merchandise, not as human beings. We're inanimate objects. We are something to be traded, bartered with, sold, uh, profited from. And yeah. they, you know what? I keep telling people when our own government, and state and federal, refers to us as human capital, as opposed to what mm-hmm. equipment capital? I mean, what? Um, mm-hmm. But they they are telling you point blank you have been commodified. You are something to be bought, sold, and traded, something to be used. And this is what they are doing quite effectively. I agree with you, Christine. No one, the 14th Amendment says that the law will be applied equally to all men. It does not say if you're wearing... Yeah, it doesn't say if you're wearing a black robe, it doesn't apply to you, or if you're wearing a police uniform, it doesn't apply to you. It doesn't say any of that. It says it will be applied equally to all men. And especially, in my opinion, if you are in law enforcement or you are part of the judiciary, you have an obligation to present yourself in the best possible way, to be as close to perfect as you can become. You have an obligation. You have assumed a position with the public of authority, and you have assumed a a position of responsibility, and part of that responsibility is acting in a a positive manner. But what has been going on for years, years and years, is this growing cancer in this whole thing, this corruption, the greed, and... uh, the human trafficking, and this is trafficking. But I don't care how you parents. look at it. Yes, yes, for, for, you're being for trafficked. Money. For nothing yes. else but money. There's no parental mm-hmm. enforcement for parenting rights. Nope. It's only about that $616 billion the state courts have collected, and then they have gone and gotten their federal reimbursement money one to eleven dollars let's say it's three trillion dollars to pay for their social entitlement collectors who do not repay the taxpayer for what they have done to uh victims of family courts taking their children foundy over the parents head and hidden shackles until the child ages out of the system it is, I had it is a, definitely kidnapping, trafficking, and they knew and yep. know what they're doing. And yet no attorney yep. wants to step up to the plate. They could all, on a national basis, do this anonymously with cases and give it to maybe the Department of Justice and say it has to stop. But yep. there's the problem. It's the legal industry that needs to be held accountable globally. This is, again, a constitutional and human rights crisis. It's unbelievable mm-hmm. what they do to you. Why aren't they, why is the U.S. government not prosecuting the families that have allowed their children to cross the border? That's endangerment. Why aren't they going and seizing their homes 
and all contents, their retirement accounts, and every asset they have. Because they don't have any. They don't exactly. have any. That's the whole thing. Exactly. They don't have so any. So they make, they make the taxpayer foot the bill for that fraud. But a child support payer who's being used for federal incentive payments, you know, is victimized to no end. Oh, and at the end of my case, Marty, you know what the state of Michigan does? There's no money owing. They report me to the credit bureaus. I mean, it's they oh my completely destroy you. They take your child. They take oh. your home. They want to take your driver's license, your occupational license, everything from you. And then they report yep. you to the credit bureaus. All illegal. There is no yep. other group in society that is so discriminated against for debt. Debt. People that default on their mortgages, credit cards, do they have what they did to me done to them or the welfare recipients, the collectors? Do they have that done to them? No. What is the government trying to create here? Are we going back in history to World War II? What What are they trying to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty well, spooky well, Chris- if you think about it. Uh, under Title 4D, and I had personal experience with this, um, child support collection, if you don't pay it through the court, let's say you have an arrangement and your soon-to-be ex-husband is paying you and helping with the kids, uh, you yeah. went to divorce court, oh, no, that doesn't count. They're not counting anything he's already paid or contributed because it didn't go through the court and they didn't get their cut, which is usually 25%. Exactly. <laughs> now that. Excuse me. If now in with they get in Wisconsin because they get, I'm, I I just got the notice today in Wisconsin because I'm an employer, and I have had you know different um, employees. They send you these letters, and you have to garnish their pay twice a year. You have to garnish an extra sixty five dollars like service fee that comes out yeah. of the. Yeah, so they're not only getting this reimbursement money from the federal government, they're taking service fees on top of the child support money to pay for processing. Right, okay. Right. Well, and then see what happens under Title 4D, you pay this child support, okay? If the state determines that you are in arrears, this happened to my son, he was not, had never been, and had his printout from the state, showing that he had never, they took a warrant for him. I called the sheriffs. Finally, it took me three days to get through to the sheriff in Fulton County. And I said, you have a warrant for my son. He's already proved that he is not delinquent on anything. And he said, I don't give a damn. But they say pick him up, I'm going to pick the boy up. I'm going to take his vehicle and his license, and he will not get that back. And I said, I just got done telling you the warrant is fraudulent. I don't care what that is. Well, you just do that, boss hog. And I said, see what happens. I said, be a redheaded, blue-eyed tornado landing at your airport tomorrow. That'll be me. And um, <laughs> But anyway, they, uh, what, they, what I found out in digging through this is how I know about this. <clears throat> they, you pay child support. If you are in arrears, you have to catch that up. And they charge, the the state collects $1 for every dollar collected in what they call arrearages. 
they get an extra dollar from the Fed. If you are, um, if they have to garnish you and do all of that happy stuff, they get $2. If they do what they call a purge, you go into jail and you stay there till somebody pays with claim you owe. They don't need any evidence. They said so. And now the state, for every dollar that's paid, gets $3 from the Fed. 60% of all their administrative fees are covered by the Fed. No caps, no limits. It doesn't stop there. If your children are put into foster care, you have to pay an additional fee for that, and you have to try to pay foster care back for them taking your children from you. Um, If they forcibly adopt them out, you can never see the kids again, of course. And they do this routinely because they get paid to forcibly adopt these children out. They also collect DNA. If that that, uh, department can successfully get your minor child's DNA, they get a bonus for that. And I encountered that. I fought them up in Minnesota over my granddaughter's. Uh, they took me in three times. I refused to present them for DNA collection. I eventually won. But what I'm saying is this whole system is predicated on funding, and coercion, blackmail, bribery money. And extortion. That money, yes, it is extortion. And that money is paid to the state. It goes directly into the general fund, no strings attached. They can blow it on anything they want. Um, My experience, Christine, and I don't mean to be oppositional to you here, is not that it goes to welfare people. (laughs) It's going a lot of places, but welfare is the last place it's going. Right, um, right. Yeah, it just, uh, uh, it's used for all kinds. It's like the block grants out of Social Security, which, and you have to understand child support recovery, which is Title 4D, and block grants, Title 20. Those are funded separately. They're administered by Social Security, but they are not funded from any part of Social Security. This is separate funding out of the federal government. And Title 20, block grants. And I always, and I, why it sticks with me, I don't know, use uh, Illinois 2015, got $42 million in a block grant. $19 million of that was earmarked for Elver Services and Care. That money went straight into the general fund. There is no accounting for how it was spent. And I believe for $19 million, I could take pretty darn good care of the elderly. But, of course, we know Chicago is another cesspool. But this is what I'm saying. This is all – it's all this – this is bribery money. This is not funding. Um, No. It's bribery money. It's bribery money. And uh, it allows the Fed into the state. To implement, and they openly at that point when you sign the contract, first you do the memorandum of understanding between the parties, the state and the Fed, and then comes the formal contract. And you sign that, and the formal contract says that, well, the state, the federal law says that no state can be forced to comply with any federal edicts or laws or anything else that will cost the state money. You can't be forced to comply. Your state cannot, unless. The feds supply you funding. So they pay this bribery money to get into your state. And then they come out with what they openly call their business plan. This is all contract. 
And now, instead of being under the Constitution and having a, you're under the international law of contracts. And you are a commodity. And that's how this all shakes down. But this is all brought to you. And before anybody starts screaming, well, you know, the libs did this and the, the Republicans were right in there with them, sweetie. Right in there with them. None of this happens without the collusion of both factions of this one party system. And it is mm-hmm. a one party system. It's just like when they <laughs> claim they it passed on a bipartisan vote. Three Democrats that should have voted no voted yes, and three Republicans that voted yes should have voted no, and it, we call it – it was all planned before they ever went in there to vote. And you, this is what people cannot seem to grasp. You are dealing with one corrupt entity. It has these two factions mm-hmm. that pit the public against each other so that you'll fight each other, and you won't look hard at what they're doing. And all of this was set up, uh, Bob Dole, who was a Republican, all of this started uh, back in 84, I believe. And they set up CPS behind the children's health insurance thing. And it became very apparent very quickly that they needed something like child protective services. So they set up, and this was a huge moneymaker. The money was rolling in. So then they set up, modeled on it, adult protective services who preys on the adults. So um, it's just, we've been set up, but that's the point I'm trying to make. We have been set up all along. These things are in place. Christine, what you have encountered is, it's horrendous. Unfortunately, it happens every day. Most people can't articulate it as well as you can. And yeah. they get so caught up, you know what I'm saying, they get so caught in it, so traumatized, and so yeah. just disembodied, they can't articulate it like you can. They can't lay it out so that it makes sense what this did to them. And facing the fact that you literally were just thrown to the wolves, and nobody would intervene for you. Not your senators, not anybody. Exactly. That's yeah. why I keep so pushing I now for the United States Congress to give testimony because there's no place else to go in this country. And you're right. It's not the yeah. welfare recipients getting the lion's share of any of the money. It's like Melanie right. Cummings oral and written testimony where there's hundreds of millions in um, undistributed funds. Where did it go? It goes, yeah. we all know, right? Where commodities well, you know, with, yeah. yeah with, back during the, the Reagan administration, there was there was a book uh, one of his people that he worked with wrote called The Triumph of Power. And but he talked in there about how they had a, a terrible time convincing Reagan, making him understand that 20 percent of the population absolutely had to be kept in absolute poverty for the rest of the economy to function well. And they couldn't get him to understand this, and they kept trying to drill this into him and drill this into him, <clears throat> that this is the way things worked. And they said it served two purposes. Um, it kept a lot of people out of the job market that otherwise they would have to account for, that there were, there's never been enough jobs. Uh, but it kept a large number of people that in prisons out of the job market. And the second reason they pointed, which was far more important, that when they went to do something that upset the public, they pointed at these people who were on welfare that they had 
cornered in these communities and said it's all their fault. And that's where the, you know, the you heard about the welfare queen driving a Cadillac. That was an invented mm-hmm. statement, but it took off like wildfire. Um, that no, somehow somebody on welfare was driving a brand new Cadillac. But it was a uh, something that the Reagan administration came up with. One of the people in there came up. But this is what it, these people serve. And they, I mean, you have, I'm not going to go into anything about Ferguson, Missouri, but that is a study in exactly what I'm talking about. Those people are trapped there, trapped. And yeah, can't we're get all out. trapped. We're all yes, trapped we are, in Christy. a system, in a dictatorship. Yes. This is no democracy yes, whatsoever. No, it, it's worse than a dictatorship. I, I don't know even have the words, Christine, for what right. this is. Right. You know, I, mean, because it, it, I just don't have the words. Well, it's definitely not a, dic- uh, a democracy because in a democracy, no. citizens can have um, policy, can make policy choices and the right to sh- shape policies. Here, these corporate figureheads decide everything and they decide the laws in their favor. They protect themselves and they create egregious statutes like um, you must obey a clearly erroneous uh, or court order. And what sort of democracy do you have to obey a clearly erroneous court order? Like in the Foster versus exactly. Foster case for over, what, 25 plus years? Or in my case, a no consent settlement agreement. Where are the law, Where are the whistleblower attorneys out there helping the public? Where are they? Yeah, Christine, I don't understand how you can have a no-consent settlement order. How can you have that? That That's diametrically opposed to those words. <laughs> Do you understand I what I'm saying? You can't have a settlement agreement. I had, yeah. right. Yeah, how can you have With a settlement agreement if you didn't consent? I, right. Not only on the original, but then on the two amendments that were entered. And on the original, going back, there was a motion up for sole custody to me, citing why joint legal custody would never work. It was clear. And instead, the state did what it did. And I'm telling you, it was an unimaginable nightmare of grief and misery. Nobody would understand unless they have gone through something this horrific. And again, I characterize this as crimes against humanity, financial crimes and domestic terrorism for money. Nothing else but money. And they don't release the shackles until, again, the child is 19 and a half in my case. 19 and a half. Wow. So, you know. She's many Christmas. It's. Nineteen and a half years of this and being stalked as a fugitive and having felony bench warrants for money only, nothing else. And then to have everything I worked for taken away from me illegally, but done under the color of law, as they want to call it. Mm -hmm. Just a criminal, a systemic criminal enterprise that you are up against. And you don't realize it because you're young at the time and, you know, you, you, you don't know what your rights are or what the law says and they like it like that. They don't want you to know anything. 
But then when you start understanding, there's where the problem is, and they punish you silently and immensely. They know exactly what they've been doing for decades. Yeah. Yet nobody in there. This is why in in our high schools, they they don't teach anything about the law. They teach nothing about the law. They need to teach history and the law. They need to teach the genocide in this country from the beginning, and they need to teach what the legal system truly is and how it treats its innocent victims, how they defraud the people, guardianship, family court, the most vulnerable people in society to Mm -hmm. take things from them illegally. And there's nobody to stop it, says it all in their legal industry. None of the Ivy League schools, why aren't they stepping in? Why don't the clinics take on such a Me Too movement case like this and stop it? Because this is a national global crisis of child trafficking and stealing. They have created a motherless, fatherless society. Take a look at the children today in society. Look what these experts have done. It's appalling, to say the least. And then they want to be Go on. Well, I do shows with John LeCron, and he's uh, quite a scholar when it comes to things. But he's always talking about words have meaning, words have meaning. And he said in the legal industry, they are speaking to you in a foreign language, which they are. There's Latin laced all through it. And he said that's intentional. But uh, legalese is a foreign language. He said never refer to your children as the child or your children. They are your young people. And I said, why? He said, look up the definition of child in the law. It means ward of the state. And the minute you refer to your young person as a child, you have submitted to the state. And he said, they're your young people. Always refer to them that way. It's not your child or children. He said that has a definite legal meaning. And he said it means they are wards of the state. And he said, um, but he said, see, everybody uses it because they don't know any better because nobody will tell them. Right. And he Very said, so you basically, right? yeah, he said, You're you basically help them set the trap. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's on all like the legal form, like little legal forms that you fill out. It'll see child name, child. Yeah. No, you'd mark that out and put in young person. Yes. Oh, it's wow. And the when you sign something, if it says yeah. if it says a signature line, you cross that word signature out. That is a corporate term. You have applied for a contract. You cross that word out and write autograph underneath it. That is your personal name. And you sign that way. No contract. I didn't know this. I looked well, all this stuff up. He's absolutely right. And I called a friend of yeah, mine who I... practices law and said, yep, that's true. I had heard that before. You know, the mm, law yep. is so deceptive, cleverly deceptive, silent, cleverly deceptive. That mm-hmm. maybe a foreign language. Wondering, yes, it should be recognized in history for the crimes against humanity that they commit against yes. uh, innocent victims. 
And talking about the child, the definition of a state is it's an entity that has a monopoly of power over a given area. As an example, the state owns your child. And on my webpage, I do have where a law professor did say that. So, Mm -hmm. and the definition of corruption, it's abuse of power for private gain at the expense of the powerless. Well, that's exactly what I've been. Exactly. Yet I never consented to be a victim of legal system fraud. I never consented, and I will never consent. And I want the state to void those no consent judgments because I never consented. It's not that difficult. They prosecute you, but when the shoe's on the other foot, nobody, no politician says a word. They send you their generic unsigned letters. Yes. Right? They pass the buck. Yes. Yes. The children are nothing more than prey. That's it. We are victims of autocratic criminal dictators in these courts under the disguise of judges, attorneys, guardians, appointed Mm -hmm. uh, psychological evaluators, etc. You know, protective parents are stripped of all assets, their reputation, career. It's just unbelievable what they do. For money, no other reason. Yes. For the attorney, yes. and they do. pocketbooks, a bill, a fifty and billion dollar divorce industry. That's all this is. Yeah. With federal incentive payments, paying for the state's mm-hmm. employees, the judges, and the welfare recipients last if they get the crumbs. Yep. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They know just where to get the money, like. The lawsuits that prevail for constitutional violations and statutory violations are by big law firms that know exactly where to get the money from these, you know, foster care abused children. They know exactly Mm -hmm. how and where. If an ordinary average, average citizen attempts it, they'll string them on for a little bit and then they dismiss all in any lawsuits, and they hide it. Yeah. It's in New Jersey. I think a class action was filed, and then uh, it was dismissed and unpublished. Of course, right? All hidden. Right. Their dirty right. work hidden. They don't want the public seeing it. But because of social media, this stuff is starting to come out there. And if the United States Congress doesn't want to do anything on behalf of its citizens being defrauded, then is it the United Nations or the International Criminal Court to open the door for the world? On those two notes. I know that the UN and the ICC are, we're not part of it, but. No, we're not part of it. So we. Yeah, it, it, we are not part of any of those things. Uh, we've been signed off of all of those, Human Rights Commission, all of that, um, because we are the biggest human rights violators on the planet. But, yes, uh, we are. Yes. And, um, uh, it, yes, and the International Criminal Court, if we were still signed on to it, 
if they chose, if you approached them and they chose to investigate and they landed here in the U.S., wherever they land, they are the ultimate authority. And so we couldn't have Ooh. that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they they got us out of the International Criminal Court. But several people have been indicted. Uh, what do they call that um, when they're not present um, but they've been indicted anyway. But anyway, uh, you know, and I appreciate, applaud people, you know, using these resources and thinking, you know, hopefully we can affect a change here. You know, if they'll just pay attention. And unfortunately, even if they do pay attention, there is nothing they can do. There is right. none, they have no authority to come in. We fund most of the U.N. Uh, to the tune of, I think it's somewhere around $5 billion a year. We fund the UN, but we are not party to most of the agreements and the uh, other things that they have there and the treaties that go on and stuff. And um, they're not going to come in and do anything. Look at our government. Before they let the UN come in here and do anything, they'll blow up the UN. Um, It's just the way it is. They'll declare they have a a, a terrible dictator uh, there. They'll have to blow them up. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They'll destroy them before they'll yeah. ever let them in here. And sure. um, yeah. so we, yeah. we've got to fight this in the States. And it's just, but this, Christine, I don't know about you, Kazi, uh, the idea that we have these elected officials that either don't respond to you or respond to you with a bunch of BS and crap and mm-hmm. then don't do anything. Mm-hmm. This has got to stop. If you're not going to do your job, get out. Get out. Um, I yeah. am so tired of these do-nothing politicians. Just tired of it. I don't care whether you're Democrat, you're Republican, you flew in here from Mars. I don't care. I am a political atheist. I don't care. Because you're all a bunch of liars. If your mouth is open and sounds coming out, you're lying, and you know you are. Mm-hmm. But anyway, This is about ahead, massive pervasive fraud, and they turn yes. their... They're silent to massive pervasive fraud of the legal system. That's why I am pushing and trying to get in front of the United States Congress because it's clear that my state senators and representatives and Attorney General Financial Crimes Division is doing the ventriloquist farce with me. And it's enough after all these decades. I only want what positive law of the land allows. That's all I want. And Nazi criminals that were tried for crimes against humanity used the, we were just obeying the law, we were just following Mm -hmm. orders, but what is right is right, and what is wrong is wrong in history. And I believe that these silent crimes against (coughs) humanity need to be addressed in front of the United States Congress or the the government because they're supposed to, the the artificial government is supposed to protect our unalienable rights and property, the citizens. And yet they elect to do nothing. None of them do. Well, and if you look at the money trail on most of them, if anything comes up, I wrote about this recently, anything comes up, look at the donations flying in there from various bar associations, guardianship associations, uh, nursing home associations, and and you come out with a bill like that one that came out in 2019, the Elder Justice and Protection Act. All it was was a reiteration of state and federal laws against wiretap 
and uh, wire internet scams against the elderly and mail fraud and all of this stuff. And then, but on page six was the, the, the clinker. And it said to further protect the elderly, we're going to further fund and empower these agencies. And here's a list of every agency we fight. Right. Perpetrating crimes against its citizens. Yeah, it's it's an incestuous 360-degree circle of no way out. And it's only the taxpayers or someone who has money. If you have nothing, they don't come after you. Right. Oh, my. Well, we're down to the last few minutes here, Christine. Um, I want to thank you for coming on. And I encourage everyone, Christine's book, Judicial Criminals, is available on Amazon. I have a live link to it. They're on show promo. You can go right straight there. Um, I bought the book here about a year ago, I think. And um, it's an eye-opener. It'll stand your hair up. Uh, But So I I hope you'll, you'll purchase the book. Christine, thank you for coming on, and we're going to keep following up with you and uh, see what's happening here. And maybe we can lend our voices to your approaching some of these politicians. I um, would like you to do that as an undersign, yes, because I'm asking for a national retroactive legal system accountability act for everybody, state, federal court, everybody. And we need to Uh, unite and... Your listeners need mm-hmm. to contact their politicians and give them that Veterans Today article that I wrote that's okay. under the facts. Give them that right. article and tell your politicians, your congressmen, that we need to be her I need to be heard in front of the United States Congress. And I represent right. family court. And Britney Spears can open the door for the guardianship fraud. Yeah. Right. right. We'll we'll call it what yeah. it is. It's not abuse or mistreatment. It's downright massive pervasive fraud perpetrated yeah. yes. by the legal industry experts. They're experts. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. They write all the laws and the statutes and everything that your your representative or senator does not write a law. It goes to a bill writer who is a member of the Bar Association. And right. um, they write the laws to benefit the Bar Association. We got about two minutes here. Christine, again, thank you. We will be thank following you, up Marty. with you. And thank you so much for coming on tonight. I appreciate yeah. it. Kazi, okay. uh, we didn't get to the hog report tonight. Yes, you too. Oh, my. Um, we'll just have to do double yeah. hogs next week. Yes. Get the oinker have ready. Bunch of people coming. We've got some free nights because Tanya is off. She's having hip surgery, so she's going to be off at least two or three weeks. And Marsha is going to be away, so we aren't going to have any hospice shows for two weeks. So we've got a lot of nights we can fill in, but i got a lot of people approaching me about coming on the show. We'll get everybody lined up, and I'll be doing more shows, so hopefully you can join in when you can. I know yeah, you work absolutely. hard at that bakery. And, um, <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, you, I'd love to join in. You yeah, you can be there. I'd appreciate it. If you can't, I, can, I understand. I yeah, think I so, can keep the oinks going every day. Okay. I have enough. I'll have enough for okay. you to oink at. <laughs> All right. All right. This is a great show. Again. Yes. This show is brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, and it appears that our panel will be on the 29th tentatively. Um, we may change that date, and but right now at 10 o'clock in the morning 
on the 29th. It will be live on Zoom. So um, if you want an invitation to that, we will. you need to let me know so we can get um, the access number out to you. Again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. We had a loaded board tonight. Um, Christine, I think you made a dent, but we're going to work more on this. Everybody, yeah. uh, just whew, just do the best you can to get through this stuff. And for God's sake, don't take those vaccines. They're killing people left and right with them. Um, that's my opinion. You do what you want, but they're not doing me. Anyway, everybody, have a good weekend, and we will be back with you Monday evening. Talk to you all later, and good night. Good night. Bye.